Warning, the podcast you are about to listen to is explicit. We are here to talk about our lives, the great times, the messy times, but let's be honest, we learn from those messy times. Content may be triggering as we explore together our lives, spirituality, trauma, recovery, and growth. Welcome to Stumbling Through Enlightenment. I'm Jason. And I'm Edward. Every day we are working through our shit, and today we invite you to work through some of yours with us. Let me give you a quick rundown on what we're going to do in today's episode. The first part of the episode is where Ed and I talk about what's going on in our day-to-day lives and where you'll be able to hear how we support each other's growth. During the second portion, Ed and I will have a deep dive discussion topic ranging from self-awareness, metaphysics, mental health, personal discovery, and much more. How's it been going? Oh, it's it's been. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, it's it's been a summer. Well, I mean, you you know, we talked a little bit about what's been going on in my summer and the chaos. Um, but I one of the things that I figured I'd check in about just to kind of talk about the progress of how it's gone. Yeah. Um, is that relationship with my biological brother yep. and having him have to be in my life at all anymore um which for years he had not been and that was by choice um to some degree you know when uh my niece was born we started to interact a little bit more because my wife really wanted to be part of her life my niece's life right um so you know i supported that and it's fun to have a little kid you can you know buy cool things for and stuff of like. course yeah so i mean that's so part about having nieces and nephews right yeah. you know yeah i mean we we would go and we'd see him every once in a while and you know he would always be there because you know of course he he at the time worked at home and you know everything was at home they didn't have a car to get anywhere or whatever so um it kind of evolved to this place where we were taking my niece in when she would need us to because you know the mother would be in the hospital or whatever and slowly the mother um choosing you know to to make really poor decisions with her health uh lost her leg kind of one step at a time you know it was like the toe then all the toes, then front of the foot, then the middle of the foot, then oh up to gosh. the ankle, then up to the thigh. Like, <coughs> you know, and it was just this whole thing where they were like shaving off parts of her body the right. whole way along. Um, and, you know, it, it it was what it was. We'd have her for, you know, a couple of weeks and then she'd go back to them. And, um, and then they kind of uh, disappeared, like... They lost their house because, um, well, they didn't have a house. They lost the place where they were renting, um, supposedly, because the person was selling it. But probably because, you know, they didn't pay the rent or whatever. Like, that's that's just how they are. But um, so they lost that place. And then after they lost that place, she they just kind of disappeared for right. like three years almost. Wow. Um, so... You know, we we now have a completely different situation, as I talked about before. You know, she's now living with us. She's um, she's 
indefinitely living with us at this point. I mean, there's no plan for her to go back to her mother and father. They're, um, it, it, it's just a weird situation. I mean, they're, they're living on like a picnic table outside of a Walmart and my brother has gotten a job at the Dunkin' Donuts in the Walmart. So, oh my, there's like, there's that, but somehow they still can't <clears throat> afford to like get a hotel room or something like that, you know, and, and which she, they've been living in like a hotel room for a while, right? At one point. So that's where I picked my niece up from. Okay. Was a hotel room. Gotcha. Um, and I think they had been there for a couple of years. Um, but they were not paying for it. Oh. It was being paid for by general assistance. Okay. So they lived off of general assistance for a couple of years. And then finally, you know, it got to the point where general assistance says, no, you know, we're, we're not going to pay for you to just sit in a hotel room all the time. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, that was, that was a whole mess. Cause like it didn't have any windows. It was very small room. She had lived there for, you know, two years with it. It just, it was a really bad situation, but you know, I pick her up and my brother's like really gross and nasty looking. Like he doesn't, he's, he looks like he probably hasn't had a shower in years, like just uncontrollable, like ugh, everything. And I think it's as I have held boundaries with him, mm -hmm. it feels like things have changed for not only his daughter, but for him as well. Like in the moment now as you've held yeah. boundaries. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like she has um, income because she gets social security because she's disabled. Um, Your niece. So my niece has income. Okay. Um, her mother has income because she gets SSI for having her, you know, medical health issues. And then she was also getting TANF, which is basically like what in any other state would be like welfare. Yeah. They call it. Um, so they have my niece's money, which is Social Security and the TANF. And then they have his wife's money. Right. Okay. So... And then he's also working, your brother. Not yet. Oh, oh, not, not at this yet. point. Okay, yeah. Not yet. So the first month we had her, I was like, you know, do whatever. I don't care. We'll figure it out. And then the second month, we were getting into that point of like, okay, well, school's starting. Like, we need childcare. So I tried to find childcare. And I'm like, you know, how are we going to pay for this? And I remembered she has income. And I was like, okay, we got this. This is good. We got this. Yeah. So there was this big back and forth where I felt so freaking proud of myself. <laughs> like, and I, I don't usually say that, right? But I, <laughs> I really did. I really did. And it was this, uh, you know, I need her money so that I can take care of her. And so that we can make sure that we can move on with our lives the way, you know, we, we should be able to. Right. Like, and, you know, it was, well, you know, he said, well, I can watch her. And I'm like, no, that's not okay. Well, we're just sitting around anyway. You know, I, I can watch her. And I'm like, what does that mean, though? You know, right. that means that, what, you're going to be hanging out at my house when you know you're not welcome in my house? Like, does that mean that you're going to be 
you know, I mean, just ridiculous things I could see him doing, you know, like calling down to my wife every time she needs her diaper changed or Mm -hmm. something like that while he just sits around and watches TV. You know what I mean? Like that that's what I'm imagining. Right. And that's probably what it would be. So he had this whole big plan about how they were going to because they had been living in a U-Haul slash in the hospital because his wife would get sick enough that they'd have to go into the hospital for a week and then they'd rent a U-Haul again when they were out and they were just living in this U-Haul and going back and forth to the hospital. So he had this whole plan that he told He's like, I, I've got this all planned out. I'll come and I'll watch her. We're, we're going to use her money to to rent the U-Haul and to, you know, get the basic things. My and, eyes are so like, wide right now when you yeah, say rent the U-Haul and yeah, get her basic things. And I'm like, that's that's not how this works. That's her income to meet her needs. Right. And there wasn't any part of me that was like, oh, it's me making them not have a place to sleep. It's no. me making them homeless. It's me doing, you know, which I would have gone there before. Yeah. Like, I would have felt some responsibility for their situation. And I have felt none at all. Throughout this whole thing. That's I amazing. Have really not once thought, oh, where are they tonight? Yeah. You know what I mean? I I it's just not something that has been able to revert to an unhealthy boundary. Yeah. Like that's awesome. There's something there that's just actually changed. Like without having to think about it without having to work on it, without having to talk about it. Like, it just isn't the same anymore. And in a good way. Yeah. And I thought that was cool. That is really awesome. I thought that was (laughs) really, really cool. Right? Like, he, uh, the other day, so the first time I picked up the money, everything was, like, fine, whatever. You know, and everybody's always afraid of him. Everybody's always afraid. But, I mean, he's a big dude. I mean, I haven't seen him in years, but he I remember him being a big dude. Well, and know. he's he's been really freaking aggressive with people. Like mm. my niece's case manager is the the like the supervisor of case managers because none of the other ones would work with my brother anymore. Holy shit. Because he'd keep threatening their jobs and like doing all this, you know, he would just act out. Yeah. Act out, act out. And that's that's what he does. Anybody that tries to help him, he bites. Um, so you know, is the case manager? He wouldn't take any in-home support services for her at all. So there's tons of stuff that she missed out on there. He was constantly calling the school that she was going to, and you know, threatening them to lose their jobs because they put her hair in a braid one day. Like, just that—that that was the level of stuff that was happening. Like, what the fuck? So, like, we've got her enrolled in school, but we don't have them involved in that at all. Like, we, you know what I mean? We've we've kept things very separate to the degree that we've been able to, which has been amazing. Like, we really expected issues with the school and, like, them having to have the parent signature for everything. And, and it's been very smooth. Like, now, do you have emergency guardianship at this we point? We do not have any any legal right to her at all. Okay. Um. But it has been made very clear that if the situation changes quickly, that we need to contact, like, Child Protective immediately. Yeah. Um, But because she's in a safe place, 
there's no need for them to be involved basically is what it's looked at as. okay um even though she came to us very very neglected but yeah. um so i mean i kind of chalk that up to he did what he thought he needed to do with what he had available for options right yeah. um and i i've not held on to that which has been really good as well for me because it hasn't been something that i'm like well you know he should have done this like he should have done that like and i feel bad for jessica because she goes there a lot you know what i mean she really struggles with the um she she has a lot more anger around the situation than i do yep but this has also been a lot harder on her than it's been on me so i mean i i will say that for sure um but the other day i went to pick up the money because this is time two, mm-hmm. and it's already starting to degrade a little bit. You know, Uh-oh. it's already starting. This time he was he was working at the time, and he wanted me to come up, and I was like, well, I don't want to interfere with your job. I'll just come at a different time. He's like, no, you can come now. And so I go up there, and, you know, he's the only person there, and he's getting people their coffee and all that kind of crap, you know. So I'm just waiting, and then when they're done, he points me to the back room so i meet him out in the back room because you know he's he wanted to give me the money right and i you know okay he doesn't want to do it out in public like that makes whatever sense. yeah so i go back there and he's counting it out and trying to like talk about math and stuff and i don't know he just he was like word salading mm-hmm. until i brought up something about whether or not they had gotten into this one particular housing option that they had. Um, it was not a housing option that would have supported them having their daughter yet. Right. But it was someplace that would have been a roof over their head. Um, so I asked him about that and, you know, he's, he's like, I'm just angry about everything. And he starts, you know, he just starts going off about all this stuff. Like, that's what he really wanted to talk about. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? It was one of those things where, like, once he was allowed to open that vent, like, that's what he really wanted to talk about. And he's like, you know, since since, uh, you guys signed up for this program for her, which is like an in-home support thing, um, you know, her, her address has changed and now we're not going to get the TANF anymore. And now we can't get social or no, now we can't get, um, general assistance because charity makes too much money because his wife makes too much money. Like, I mean, it just, it, it was going on and on and on and on yeah. about basically how not having their daughter, was an is affecting them financially. Him. Oh my god! Right? Did he try to make it your fault, or was that just yeah? Inferred? No, it, it, it. Well, I mean, yes, it was inferred. Right. It was inferred. It was the ever since you did the section twenty eight referral, this blah 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 blah. Right. Gotcha. When in reality, he so what happened when they became officially homeless? Uh huh under the the state guidelines right yeah the state guidelines said okay well you have to give us an address of where your child's staying or going to be because a child is not allowed to be homeless right right you can't have a homeless child it's a it's against the law like you can go to prison for not allowing your child to be in foster care or whatever if you're homeless like it's a big deal and so when that happened 
that's when the address changed. But it was like right in the same, it was like the day or two after like everything had gone on. So I'm sure in his mind that just doesn't even exist anymore. You right. know what I mean? Yep, I do. I mean, I know you, they weren't sleeping. Like, I mean, at the time it was, it was, things had blown up that were not supposed to blow up on top of an already explosive situation. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So I, I, I just kind of, that that just kind of like rolls off you know what i mean it's not something that i even like that i even give time to you know it just but but yes that was the the (laughs) inference that it started from um but you know he just goes on about this stuff and i look at him and i say are you the only one here and he says yeah and i'm like don't you have customers you need to serve like yeah is, don't you have to be out front so you know if people are there and he's like yeah and then i just kind of walked away <laughs> <laughs> did he give you the money <laughs> he did okay good he <laughs> did and then you just walked he away. did he actually i think in haste gave me more money than he should have given me oh yeah so i i've like been toying for the last 24 hours with you know should i text him and say hey you gave me an extra 60 bucks like do you want that back because i'm sure it was just money you had in your pocket from probably working or what you know what i right, mean like, yeah and he was just so whatever that he just gave it all to me kind of a thing yep um but yeah i haven't made that call yet or that text <laughs> yet I'm, I'm still i'm still wondering and i i've been trying to take everything really slow like that with it you know yeah. what i mean not to that's been a big thing for the summer for me that I've been working on is like not to have that immediate reaction be what my action is. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's that's been a really cool thing to kind so of practice with. the pause. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I will probably talk about that at another time. But Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, that's, well, congratulations. that's been my, my boundary thing. I mean, even walking away with that angry. Right, that's like, what I'm thinking. I'm like, like, I know you years ago, you'd have been like, fuck you. You know, there yeah, been no, like a I'd have thing. been mad. Yeah. I'd have been frustrated. I would have been, and a lot of that would have come from the, you know, fear of his situation and like the, the sadness of it all. It would have all been anger and just, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful. Congratulations for for that growth, and then for being yeah. able to see it too, and just yeah. You know, I mean, it's exhausting go. having his daughter, yeah. but it's it's not exhausting having to have his daughter. Yep. On yep. top of it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. So today I really wanted to talk about holding space. Oh yeah. Um, what does is, that mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. What does it mean? How do we do it? And you know what that can provide, but also what we can get out of it. You know, and some of the pitfalls that come from from that when people try to hold space and don't yeah. necessarily know what they're doing. Right. Um, don't do it well. Yeah. 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 Um, and it's it's become a. Uh, uh, it's become like a, a buzzword almost and and you know some yeah of the, one of those new new agey yeah i'm gonna hold space for you right aka you're in my thoughts and prayers right <laughs> which are not the same thing not the same thing at all 
Um, Sorry, that was my own little bitch moment for no. the second. I, well, well, that's what I always think when I hear it now. Yeah, you know, I'm just gonna hold space for you. That what does that mean? That means nothing, right? I'm, I'm gonna think about you from time to time. Like, when I was when I was looking through this and when I was working through this, it was um, one of the the blogs that I read was uh, by a, a psychiatrist or psychologist that you know was talking about the advent of like on TikTok and social media, you know. Uh, Instagram and all those of all of these therapists getting on online and then they will they'll talk about holding space so it's it's become much more the vernacular um and but they don't really talk about like the whole the whole piece of it so today we wanted to do that um I I Connor um Beaton and he has a a website connorbeaton.com um had one of the coolest uh all I want to do is make jokes about his I last know, name. I know, so I know, sorry. I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, Go but ahead. He, Connor B. So he, he's really focused on on the male masculinity and, and so on and so forth. So, But he had one of the, the, the best examples. Or, like or, toxic masculinity? Well, or? sometimes, yeah. Okay. Like how, how to overcome toxic masculinity, um, but also like where we can strive to be better. Yeah. Um, and he, he had one of the, the best example type things. He, he likens it to holding a bucket for somebody to emotionally puke into okay you know? and so learning how to do that without yeah. getting yourself involved into you having to hold your own bucket to emotionally puke into yep. and so on and yep. so forth yeah um and then the other thing the other place that i got was goodtherapy.org which is um it's a good layout they have a lot a lot of steps and i've simplified it a lot because um a lot of them kind of overlap and and we don't necessarily need to go into all of those but if you really need a step by step uh goodtherapy.org is was really really helpful i think they have 11 or 12 steps to yeah. to how to hold space so when we're holding space what we're doing is we're witnessing in a very compassionate way we're validating um someone's emotional state and we're being present with them um, to allow them in a safe space to work through their process yep. to emote um, to work through their feelings to express themselves in a very non-judgmental way and that's the very basics of it and you can hold space for yourself like if you learn how to do it you can learn to hold space for yourself and that is a, a much harder process in a lot of ways yeah because we tend not to be very gentle with ourselves you know we don't have that we're, we're stuck in it right you know at the moment i think i i think holding space for ourselves can look very much like probably at this point what we've talked about in other episodes you mm-hmm. know where we've been in those places where we've just stopped. Yeah. You know, like this is, I've talked about like, this is how I want to react. Right. My hurt part wants to just jump out and do something, but I can't do that because I know that that isn't who I am. Right. Like, and I feel like that's, that's what that internal holding space looks like. Yep. Um, I used to teach a class that the whole first class was about holding space. Yeah. Um, and what we would do is we would sit with a group of people. Um, Ed's done this, so we would we would sit with a group of people and you would tell your life story. You'd have like thirty to forty minutes to tell an overview of your life story from birth to day. 
right? Yeah. Um, but there were rules. The people in the room couldn't ask any questions. They couldn't talk about it later with them if the person didn't bring it up first. They couldn't, um, like, I would tell people that they couldn't over-emote. So, like, if, you know, it, it's good to have emotional feedback. Yes. But you don't want to have <clears throat> such emotional feedback that the person's now caring for you. Right. Um, so, low-emoting. Uh, what were the other things that we would do? We would do no talking. Only that person can talk. Um, low emotions and no questions. That was really it. I think that was. Yeah. 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 The questions part is really hard for people. It really is. Because you want to be engaged. And when you're holding space, you're not engaging other than through your presence. Right. Right. We don't want to fix. That's right. Um, but and, and Yeah. No, no problem solving. No problem no solving. Problem that was the other one. Yes. No problem solving one. one. Yep. So... In the and and you you just did a beautiful overview of of, of all of those pieces when we're yeah. holding space for someone um, we want to hold a place of what's called loving kindness or gentle compassion yeah and that's a it's it's a, a really a Buddhist term um, and it incorporates a lot which um, in the the goodtherapy.org they they go through they give each one of those pieces uh, an yeah. extra step um, but the first and foremost piece is to just allow that space to be yeah um which is unique and i I think i i think why this sounds so simple a lot of times to people is because they don't realize how unique of a situation you're actually creating right where someone is just being there to witness you yeah they don't come with their own agenda there there's no expectation from you other than to have a person sit there and witness your experience yeah and i i think that i think that for so many people with our um i'm going to use a word that's charged but with our narcissistic point of view Mm -hmm. right our our ego point of view we think that people are holding space for us all the time because right. I'm sitting here talking to you, you must be sitting there hearing everything that I'm saying, right? right? No, you're off here, you're off there, you're hearing what is it, ten percent of what I'm saying? Like, I mean, there and I'm already planning my response. Right. Yeah, there, you know. there's all of this stuff going on for you, and we don't realize what it actually feels like, oftentimes, to just be witnessed. Yeah, without any expectation, without that person having any plan to say anything at any point in time other than hear what you say. Yeah. And I think because people don't see that as unique as it is, they don't know it until they're in it. Yeah. A lot of times. Absolutely. They don't know how profound it can be. Right. Um, Just to be witnessed. Just to be witnessed. Just to have someone there. So the gentle compassion, the loving kindness. When we go into this, we are just literally being present deep listening you know is the second piece and and you said it you know it's 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 not listening and hearing just that 10 percent. it is listening to the person with the intent of understanding not with the intent to reply 
yeah. not to, with the intent to fix it, not with the intent of asking a million questions afterwards to dig deeper because that's not your place. Right. You're literally allowing the person to do whatever they need to do to feel comfortable and, and heard yeah. in that moment. To be seen. Yeah. To be seen. Um, the third piece to that is unconditional positive regard. And that incorporates a lot more too. You know, we're talking about no judgment. Yeah. You know, a person needs to feel safe to express whatever they want, to tell the stories that they want, um, and not feel judged for what they're doing in the moment or what they might have done in the past yeah. or how they've reacted. You know, but just allowing them to be within their process and then validating that. You know, we talk about not talking and and there isn't a lot of talking, but sometimes a person will look to you in that space and go, you know, and you can tell they, they, they want something there. You know, it's like, and that's when it's yeah, kind you, of acceptable validation to Validation is definitely can be nonverbal for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and, and so you, you, you want to be able to validate their process. You want to believe them. Yeah. Because what they're going through or what they have gone through is their experience. And so it's validating that experience just by listening, just by being there yeah. and then believing them. You know, again, you can't raise doubts and sit there and go, well, yeah, did that really happen? No, right. that's not, not what we're there it. for. Exactly. I I think the hardest personal work to do in holding space for people is that, that third one that you, you kind of, I don't know if you went over it a little quickly or what it was, but, you know, just being able to choose to be in a space where you're non-judging. Right. Where there is no like, you know, where that person, because even that judgment is going to reflect a lot of what, a lot of what the purpose is of holding space for someone is a mixture between co-regulation and neurofeedback, yep. right? Because when you're holding space, that's actually what you're doing, right? You are being there for that person which means that you're syncing up. They're seeing how you're breathing. You're seeing how they're breathing. They're, they're co-regulating. And you are hopefully in a calmer space. So that in and of itself is going to bring a calming feeling to them as you co-regulate in the situation. Absolutely. But then beyond that, you're going to react whether you know it or not. And those are the reactions that they're actually going to be able to incorporate yeah. Right. Not the, oh, my God, that happened to you. Right. The, you know, few tears that come out that you got to wipe away as you're listening to. Them. Yeah. Or the, you know, the the tenseness in your body when they're telling you about something that they felt tense about. You know, those types of neurofeedback are really what someone's getting out of of holding space. Right. So that's why. Your thoughts aren't helping. Your opinions aren't helping. Your judgments aren't helping. None of that is helping. That's that's not what you do in this type of help. Right. This type of help is really just being a body that they can see reflect and they can see and they can regulate with. And that's that nonverbal validation Absolutely. that you were talking about. So much more powerful. It really, really is. Um, so... Unconditional positive regard, 
and then sit with what is again and and um uh, Connor Beaton talks about this that you know the masculine energy not men in general but you know even just the masculine energy wants to fix yeah and it's not about the fixing it is just being patient and providing that safe space for a person and again this this you know as I'm going through all of these things and I, and I'm reading them and I'm like you know it really feels very simple and it, and it can be but there are some pitfalls there's so much work in it for with us yep you know, as, as the person holding space, yeah, you really have to work on it because as soon as judgment comes in, you're done. Yep, the space is no longer there. Exactly, you're, you're now holding your own space. Right. Yeah. Right. So, um, and that gets us into that gets us into these pitfalls that we're talking about. So the first thing is, I do have a funny story. Okay? Oh yeah, go ahead. Okay. okay. So Jessica was talking with her daughter the mm -hmm. other day and. There were all these things happening and she was like trying to give her all these options and, you know, she just wanted to complain more about it. And she's telling me all about this. And I'm like, so, Jessica, maybe I need to tell you something that you've told me from time to time. <laughs> Perhaps she just wants to talk about it and doesn't want to have it fixed. Yeah. And she's like, you know, her jaw drops. And I'm like, ha. <laughs> right <laughs> i finally got to say it to you <laughs> well and you know and that's a really good point one of the one of the the largest or one of the biggest complaints for about men in relationships yeah is that they go into this fix-it mode and for women in those relationships they tend to not necessarily need that they may know what they need to do and and yeah. this is this is the thing to realize that you know the person who you're holding space for may know what they need to do they may just need to vent about it before they do it yeah. you know they might need to just get some emotional shit out before they feel comfortable doing it yeah. um or they may not need to to know but they just need to get through the emotion so that they can actually formulate a plan on their own yeah you know yeah the the favorite <clears throat> phrase in our house is do you just want to tell me how you feel or do you want me to help you right figure out how to make it better and i think it, it it's been a while but i think i mentioned it on the podcast that i you know when my niece was going through a really hard time with one of her relationships and just kind of life in general you know she would call me and i i would start every conversation like that after i made sure she was okay yeah i would start every conversation like that it's like okay so do are we in fix it mode or do you just need me to listen yeah and be there and most of the time she would she would say i just need you to be there um sometimes it would be i just need you to be there and then we can go into fix it mode you know right. i i just need let's this start with first. just being there. right exactly yeah, yeah. You know, and I think well, it's, that happened. I mean, that that is a very natural thing. It right? really is. I just yeah. need you to be there. So witness me. And then once we have that relationship, I will open up to. Yeah. Help me. Yeah. And I think that there is something very powerful with that question, you know, and, and absolutely, you know, and being able to answer it. Right. Honestly. Exactly. Exactly. Because. What what really happens in these situations, right? We go to our our person, and they're like, "Okay, I'll just listen to you," and then you're like, "Well, now they're bored because they're just sitting there listening to me." Like, you know, you know right? what I mean? You get into this place where it's like, "I'm doing something wrong because I'm not letting you fix this with me." You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and not recognizing <clears throat> that 
being there with me is as important as fixing it with me. I cannot tell you how many times as I've held space for other people that they have apologized for what they're going through. Yeah. And and I've had to reassure them that absolutely that's fine. That's what I'm here for in this moment is just to allow you to go through this, whatever this is for right. you. Um and 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 help you feel supported. And and some people it's so problematic that they'll apologize multiple times for whatever we're, you know, during the, during the time period that we're doing this. Um, well, and that gets us back to how, how, how normal is it, it for really, somebody it, to hold space, right? Exactly. As opposed really to like, you know, and they do, there's this like term that goes around and then there's all these little steps that go to it. But like, if they're not done in a genuine way, it isn't holding space. Right. You know, your girlfriend talking with your girlfriend about something isn't holding space for each other. It's something different. Like, it's holding space is an activity. It's like a thing that you do. Yeah. Not not just, you know, driving down the road, talking in the car. Kind right. Of thing. Right, right. It's It's intentional. Right. It's very intentional. And so now that, you know, we've kind of talked about, like, what we're doing for this other person and how to be for this other person. We need to be aware for ourselves what's going to happen and, and kind of where we're going. So the first thing is, you know, we want to breathe. And and you mentioned it, you know, you be, Co-regulating a, it. be aware of your breath. Because if you can be calm and you can provide that, that provides a safety. You know, um, a lot of times I know for me that when I've gone to other people to hopefully hold space for me um, as I'm telling my story or as I'm, I'm going through my process of whatever it is, they start to get agitated, which of course then makes me agitated, you know? And so just being aware of your breath and grounding, you know, just you're not here to fix reminding yourself if that's necessary, you're not here to fix. You're not here to judge. You are just here to be and letting this person be where they, and that doesn't mean that your attention goes off somewhere else. You really, again, need no, to be intentional to the space. and attentive. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and for any length of time, you know, because of our, you can't our do brain. it for a long time. No, it's you, hard. You really can't. It, it's you, if you're doing it genuinely, I would say a half an hour, 45 minutes is Most, a long yep. time. Yeah. And that brings us to another piece. It is okay to take breaks. Yeah. You know, and, and that is, especially if it's something like really deep, you know, if, if it's, you know, if it's something like, you know, I just, this is going on like your, your daughter, you know, this is going on and I just want to complain about it right now for, you know, 15, 20 minutes. Fine. Cool. No problem. Um, but if it's something that's really deep, it's okay to take a break. It's okay to go, okay, I need to go pee or, you know, whatever, you know. Yeah. If it's that deep, you've held on to it long enough that, you right. can take a bathroom break. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Exactly. Um, and the other thing is to be present with yourself. You know, understand that, yes, this is going to probably bring up some emotional things for you, too. Right. And being aware of where you are, being aware of how you're feeling, how you're reacting. Again, a few tears are okay. Yeah. If all of a sudden you... Um, you get triggered and you're like... <laughs> right you <laughs> yeah. know or like my favorite thing is is you know and my mother does this so my mother is never the good person at least not for me yeah. to go and have space held for usually it depends on what it is oh my god i can't believe that happened to you 
That's not holding space, Mom. <laughs> That's scaring me. I just need to fucking talk about it. That's all I need. An emote. Um, which, you know, is, is a big deal, you know, because things that we, yeah. you know, you might witness might trigger. You know, if a person's bitching, it's not usually a big deal. But sometimes it can be. You know, it's like, well, that's fucking bullshit, you know. You've just lost that space right. that you were holding yeah. for the person. Yeah. Um, and so so that's a piece. Don't usurp the person's pain. Yeah. You know? And and that happens frequently. That I think is probably one of the biggest pitfalls. Or the other one that I have had the biggest problem with. I don't generally try to I don't usually usurp a person's pain, but the relation part. Relate, I, really, really. Don't relate. It is again, it is you're just there to witness. And I usually like, oh, well, yeah, I know that's happened to me before. And da, 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 you know, and sometimes I can catch myself with right there, which I've still lost space at that moment. Right. Right. But sometimes it'll go into a whole other story. And I'm like, <laughs> shit, now this is about me. Right. Right. You know, so as much as this is about the other person, knowing your boundaries and where you are, knowing where you're sitting and being aware that you know, you're going to be probably confronted with some some things that are going to make you want to react. And, and that's not your job in that space. So, again, deceptively simple, deceptively yeah. simple, but oh, so powerful. powerful. Yeah. Um, and I use it just in friendships when I'm talking to people or when people are going through a rough one. Um, I use it with my my clients when I have a person on the table. Sometimes yeah. things will come up. And as part of that session, that's all I'm doing is just holding space for them emotionally to to, to process whatever they need to process. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. It's a, I mean, it's it's pretty much what I, what I do for a job. Yeah. In a lot of ways. You know, it's just really just exactly that right just being there and and witnessing people and their struggles right and then again and it's at work <laughs> i got i got it <laughs> oh god here we go so i was at a training once, right <clears throat> mm -hmm. and no it was a clinical supervision and i was sitting in this this group of people and they're all lovely you know caregivers and and caretakers and they were talking about this one client and i was like i'll take him no problem i don't mind seeing people suffer oh my and god everybody <laughs> like jaws just drop simultaneously right around the table and i'm like what right. <laughs> like well what do you mean and i'm like i i don't mind witnessing someone suffering right he has resources I will be there to support him with those resources. But until he uses them, if he wants to suffer all day long, I don't mind it. Like, right. That's his path. That's his choice. That's his journey. Yeah, that didn't go. That went over like a lead balloon. But it's, it's, it's again, another illustration of how foreign of a concept of it is, it is yeah. you know, because you have to be okay with seeing the person going through whatever they're going through. Yeah. Um, it's their struggle. It is. <laughs> and Nobody just... jumped in when you were going through yours and was like, call on the field. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're going to pause here and not take this. Like, I mean, no, that's just you happen to have the opportunity. Yeah. And hopefully I use this word hesitantly, but the grace to be able to be present for these people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it can be really a very profound thing. And even in the moment, and people won't necessarily realize. So yeah. as with everything, intent 
and it takes practice. You know? Yeah, it does. It does. This is one of the harder ones to do, even though it is, like you say, deceptively simple because you really are being asked to keep yourself in check. Yeah. Like, period. Right. And that's the hardest thing for any right? of us. Right? <laughs> it is. You know? It is. <laughs> and if we're helpers like I am, you're like, oh, the first thing I want to do is like, well, let me fix this for you. Right. You know, let me, let me well, fix. and keeping yourself in check isn't just sitting there with a blank look on your Ooh. face trying not to think of anything exactly. either. <laughs> you know what I mean? You got to really be engaged. Yeah. And be in check with who you are. Well, you know, on the Connor Beaton page, um, that was one of the things he talked about is like he was giving a seminar or something like that. And, and this person was... He he was he was ready to give up basically on his wife because he says, you know, he says, like, I, 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 I've tried to fix the problem. I've tried to, you know, laugh it off. I've tried to just listen and, you know, not say anything. And but he wasn't engaging, you know, like he wasn't really holding space. Yeah, it is more than just listening and not engaging. It is it is much more. Yeah. than that. But, you know, and, and he was going through all of these things and he said, you know, I just I just. I don't know what else to do. I'm at wit's end. And yeah. and that was luckily what the, the talk was about was holding space. And uh, and the, the guy at the end apparently was very like, oh, oh, that's what it is. That's yeah. what I'm doing wrong. I actually need to be there for them. I need to be present right. for the person. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm not thinking about what you're going to do later that night. Right. Exactly. So. Well, cool. Anything else? No, that's it. Like I said, deceptively simple. There yep. are some paths. Um, and there are some great resources out there. Like I, I said, you know, goodtherapy.org. I'll put it in the description for the for the yep. podcast. Um, definitely, definitely recommend if specifically if it's something that you're interested in learning how to do. It's a very good step by step. And yep. 11 or 12, I think we did like eight uh, steps here, but they, they have, they really spell it out very, yeah. very well. Um, and then the Connor com has it. Some of it's funny. It's a very short blog entry. It's, yeah. it's funny and it's very condensed, but it's, it's also a really good resource. So. And it's a blog or a video? It's, or? it's a blog. Okay. It's an actual blog. And I'll put that one in the, okay. in the description too. So. Cool. All right. hope you enjoyed the show today remember you can always reach out to us through our facebook page at stumbling through enlightenment follow us on twitter at stumbling t-h-r-o-u-2 go to our website to check out more episodes and information about us personally that is stumbling through enlightenment dot squarespace dot com you can also reach out to us directly at stumblingthroughenlightenment at gmail.com. That's it for today. Have a great week.